Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason Demolay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hello, Conditional Release Program listeners to our new podcast in what has become a bit of a bloody stable of podcasts, Tinfoil Tales. The Conditional Release Program would be a bumbling mess without your current hosts, Soz and Sandy, who have been feeding us amazing information from their endless research into the freedom movement for a long time now. They know bloody everything. They actually watch the content. It's amazing. They're brilliant on Twitter as well, by the way. So we decided to take out the middleman and just get them to tell us the stories themselves. And so we have Tinfoil Tales, which will be a regular podcast on the Conditional Release Program feed about the movements of the movement. All the infighting, gossip, scamming, misbehavior, all the good shit brought to you on your podcast app. And now, without any more bullshit from me, Tinfoil Tales, Episode 1, An Epic Tale. Hi, I'm Sauce. Hello, I'm Sandy. Welcome, everyone. We thought that given this was our first episode, we might start things off with a joke. So, a prepper from Western Australia, a concreter from Wollongong, and a diabolical lunatic walk into a bar. Just kidding, there's no joke here, but they did bring a few thousand to Canberra. So by now everyone's very familiar with who the main characters are. We've got Jim Greer, Dave Graham, who you probably know best as Guru, and Ricardo Bossi. And you're aware that there's a bit of a divide in the movement between the political faction and the non-political side. We all saw that with the two stages on the lawns in front of Parliament House all the way back on February the 12th. You know, that big rally. The one where they all got fried by LRADs? That's the one. Can you believe they're still talking about LRADs? <laughs> but how did we end up there? And whatever happened to all that money? Well, let's start with Guru. A quick visit to his socials confirmed to us that he is pretty deep into a bunch of different conspiracies. He talks about adrenochrome, flat earth, new world order, you know, your normal stuff. Yep, and the pedophiles. Yeah, always the pedophiles. Anyway, back in October, he was a semi-regular on Dean Ryan's show, which put him in contact with Pat King. If you don't know Pat, he's a Canadian right-wing conspiracy theorist, and he was really instrumental in setting up the Canadian Freedom Convoy in Ottawa. Back then, Dave was also talking about working closely with the sovereigns. Sidebar here, we are almost certain the meeting happened around August last year and was also attended by David Cole, who's also known as Lumpa, delegates from the original Sovereign Tribal Federation, some of the people who would form the Makata camp, Romeo Georges, Mike Sims and Danny Searle. What a bunch of interesting people. Anyway, back to Pat King. So Pat had been talking about working with sovereigns at the same time too, which is one of the funniest things about this movement. They don't have very original ideas. They import, export content regularly via their news channels. Alternative news channels, mind you. Very alternative news channels. (laughs) His contact with Pat King did put him in the driver's seat for the unfolding convoy story. 
And then Guru suggested maybe it was time to do the same thing here. Unbeknownst to Guru, at the same time, Jim Greer popped up in Western Australia. You know Jim, he's just a guy with a truck who'd had enough and decided that he wanted to drive to Canberra. I don't know, maybe that's true. Maybe it's just part of the truth. Jim had a guy who appeared to be coming with him who was posting a lot on Facebook, a lot of lies from the middle of nowhere in Western Australia with him, another truck, a woman in a minivan, and a dog. Anyway, his name is Sam Harder. He's actually the brother of Ryan Harder. You might remember Ryan. He was one of the soft sits that was integral at Makada and actually is a member of Jack's favourite, The People's Treaty. Ah, but Ryan was arrested en route to Canberra and charged with commissioning arson and assaulting police. He certainly was. <laughs> Another key player at Makada is my personal favourite, Dylan Didge Wilson who coincidentally, uh, Jim Greer actually helped him set up that incredibly bad people's treaty website. Digis, uh, you will know, also facing charges of commissioning arson, and there's currently a warrant out for his arrest after he deemed it a waste of petrol to drive to Canberra to attend his bail hearing. Oh, isn't that wholesome? So that gets us to the diabolical lunatic, Bosey. Bosey has been around the movement for a while and has become increasingly popular with freedom fighters. He served in the military, has written a book and appears on the motivational speaking circuit. He is a seasoned speaker, much like his father Pino, and uses different platforms for different purposes. On Joel Jamal's turning point, he was the statesman discussing geopolitical issues, but at his Australia One meetings... Well, he's all for the Nuremberg 2.0 and the hangings of politicians, the media, and anyone who contributed to the genocide. (laughs) He's certainly a bit controversial. Interestingly, though, another regular guest on Turning Point was Romeo Georges. Ah, Romeo. So now that we know how they got there, what's the deal with the money? So Jim Greer and his pseudonym Ironbark Thunderbolt We all remember started a GoFundMe and they raised a lot of money and they raised it fast. Almost $180,000, I think. $14,000 of that was released to Jim, uh, but the rest of the money was actually frozen and refunded back to donors because like most of their GoFundMes, they actually breached the terms and conditions. Here's what we think we know. A good portion of those funds appeared to have been donated from overseas, namely Canada, Um, So the actual amount used and spent in camp was probably a lot less. I actually wonder if Jim used the bulk of that $14,000 to fix his truck. They nailed him pretty hard out the back of uh, the library there with a bunch of defects. And the last we saw of it was it being towed away to a mechanic. Yep. With so many of the movement influences in the one place, the frenzy around raising money was intense. It felt like everyone had a GoFundMe, but as quick as they set them up, they were closed down. In the end, Michael Gray Griffith and his partner Rohana from Cafe Locked Out set up a PayPal account to receive money directly to their bank account, as did live streamer Joel Gilmore and independent journalist who is actually not a journalist, Tammy Jane. They weren't raising money for the camp though. They were raising money to pay for hotel rooms and petrol. I laughed so hard at this. The actual audacity of asking people for money and then taking yourself off to a hotel for the night as a special treat. Yeah, yeah, really not cool. 
poor freedom fighters camping and sleeping in tents while these guys took their money and slept in comfort. <laughs> how much money did these influence raise, though? And how much of that went to actually running the camp? I don't think we'll ever know. They like to say that they're transparent, but I don't know if they are. Yeah, so collection buckets are posted around the place at Epic and taken to the protests while people are encouraged to bring cash to donate directly on site. When they started talking about cash donations, a few posts did start appearing on Telegram and Facebook. And I think people did start to question what was going on with the money. Um, So, you know, a finance team was set up and a face was put to it. Kathy from finance. Yeah, I remember Kathy from finance. And then on the last night at Epic, we watched a harebrained scheme be put forward. If everyone there just donated $10, we'd be able to buy a block of land for everyone to move to. Watching the people just walk up and put money into a cardboard box was wild. I mean, how could they possibly raise enough money with people's spare change to buy land by the next day? Just ridiculous. Yeah. I want to go back actually and just put on the record on the back of that truck that night. We had Jim Greer, Guru, Mark Mack, and Maddie Fry, who's currently running as an independent in the election. It was a strange, strange moment and one that would absolutely fracture what was already broken with accusations still being made today. Yeah, at this point, people started to believe there was a lot of money floating around. So pressure came down on that finance team to explain where the money had gone. So we knew about Kathy, but at the time we didn't really know who she was. Well, we do now. Her full name's Kathy Burnside and she was definitely an enigma Till she reappeared back on Facebook as Tilly Cat. And she is pretty down the rabbit hole. Her video stating that the recent floods in Lismore were due to geoengineering by the government in an effort to have citizens removed from their homes and placed in camps with gas pipes, Holocaust style. 